Good morning. Well, this is so different. I miss your faces. I'm going to start with Psalm 131 this morning. So if you'd like to, to follow in your own Bibles, you can turn to the passage now. Over the last few weeks, God's been speaking to me out of Psalm 131. And I felt him asking me the question, am I enough for you? Holy Spirit, thank you that you are not confined to a church building. You are present with each one of us individually. Would you take this song that you inspired David to write, and would you give us living understanding? Would you speak to every heart now in Jesus' name? Amen. So I'm reading out of the New King James Version, Psalm 131. <clears throat> Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord for th from this time forth and forever. Well, I don't have as many children as David did, but weaning is a subject that I'm familiar with. I remember when my oldest son was a few months old, and as I came into his line of sight, he started to lick his lips. He had spotted his mother and his next meal. And I quickly moved past him towards the kitchen. And he started to fuss. And within moments, he was screaming for milk. I quickly backtracked, picked him up, put him on my chest, happy. And within a few minutes, peacefully sleeping in my arms. Spurgeon said, um, oh, and I was under no illusion. It wasn't my special mother's touch. It was the milk. Nothing less would have pacified him. But after he was weaned, he would take comfort in my arms without wanting anything other than being in my arms. Spurgeon said to the weaned child, his mother is his comfort, though she has denied him comfort. And there is a maturing in God where he is enough, just him. Before the answer comes, in the delay, in the absence of legitimate comforts, a heart at rest in God is a beautiful thing, and we were all created to live with a heart at rest. Life has changed for all of us these last few weeks. This global pandemic and the time of national lockdown have had different implications for each of us. Um, for many, even in our community, there has been unimaginable loss. There are many unknowns. Fear is rampant around us. The dynamics of everyday life have changed. Those in the NHS and other key sectors are working harder than ever. For many others, life has slowed down. And some are grateful for the rest and the chance to reconnect meaningfully with members of their households. Others are longing for the closeness of family and friends and a familiar routine. Various legitimate needs have been denied. Small things like going to the gym, meeting up for a coffee, going to the hairdresser. During this time, one of the ways I've felt squeezed is in the area of space and time. I adore my children, but I thrive on time alone. I'm an introvert, and I cherish the few hours in the morning when both boys are at school, and I can work quietly in an empty house. Now, not only have I lost the quiet and solitude which I find so conducive to thought and work, but I've got an extra job to do, homeschooling, with no end in sight. Well, my soul has been screaming for space and quiet. And through this and other challenges, I felt the Holy Spirit asking me, am I enough for you? 
Is he enough when life is hard? Or do I need X, Y, and Z to be in place before I can live content, at rest in his arms? Some of us may be facing storms right now that may or may not be related to this global pandemic. It could be relational, financial, the loss of a dream, diagnosis. Is he enough or do I need breakthrough before I can live with peace? As I've heard God asking me, am I enough for you? I've been thinking back to the time in my life when for the first time, God became enough for me, just him. I gave my life to Jesus when I was three. And as a teenager and in my early 20s, my relationship with God was sincere, but it was immature. I was like a baby screaming for milk. My conversations with God were mostly about what I needed from him. And like a little suckling, my peace was related to whether I had what I needed. Provision, healing, direction. And the relationship was real, but it was a frustrating relationship. It wasn't fulfilling. Imagine a marriage or a friendship where most of the communication relates to what you need from your spouse or your friend. God is not a means to an end. He is the end. I'm going to read Genesis 12, verse 2. God promised much blessing to Abraham in Genesis 12. He said to him, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. But then later in Genesis 15, God said to Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. Of all the blessings and promises given to Abraham, the greatest gift that God gave Abraham was himself. And the same is true for us. For me, it changed everything when I locked into that. When my relationship with God changed and became about him, when I started to enjoy the pleasure of his company, when I started wanting to know him, I mean, it's a mystery that the uncreated God, the creator of the universe, has invited us to know him. He's invited us into relationship with him. He says, if you want me, you can have me. You can know me. Well, when I started to pursue God and my needs took a back seat, I started noticing that my needs were being met one after the other, and I wasn't even focusing on them because he's a good father and he knows what we need before we even ask him, and we should ask him to meet our needs. But we were designed to be anchored in the relationship and not in having our needs met, like a weaned child content in his mother's arms. When our primary comfort in this life is him, we can live with a calm and quiet soul, a heart at rest. There are many things that are being shaken right now, and God wants us to be anchored in what cannot be shaken. The enemy can't touch your peace when it's anchored in him. There may be tough and real questions right now that many of us are grappling with. David said that he calmed and quieted his soul. In verse 1 of the psalm, it says that he laid down the need to understand great matters, things too profound. David received a word from God when he was just a boy. One day, you will be my king. Fifteen plus years later, that word had still not been fulfilled. And what was worse, David found himself a fugitive, running for his life from Saul. I mean, there must have been questions in his mind. Will the word be fulfilled? When will it be fulfilled? Why such a hard road between promise and fulfillment? And some of us can relate to those questions. 
David surrendered to God's timing and God's plan. He laid down the need to see the big picture, and he trusted like a child, comforted in the arms of his God. In verse 3 of the, of the psalm, he said, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Put your confidence in the Lord, because confidence and quiet trust have nothing to do with what's going on around you or having all the answers. Confidence and quiet trust are dependent on whose arms you're in. During this unique time of history, activity has ceased for many. That can be very hard for some, like taking milk away from a newborn. And there's an invitation from heaven. Come to me. Don't fill the void with other things. Come and have more of me. It can be so natural for our identity and our self-worth to be linked to what we do, to our productivity. And work is important. God gives us work. But we were never meant to be anchored in our work. I remember during my studies when I was about 19 years old and I was waitressing at an Italian restaurant for some extra money. And one night I got to work and the owner allocated a specific table to me and he asked me to focus exclusively on that one table the entire evening. They were politicians and wealthy businessmen and it was a business dinner. And they were drinking too much and they got messy and they were rude and the evening just dragged on. And it was just the worst night of waitressing that I can remember. And, and I remember consoling myself, they'll leave a good tip. Well, at the end of the night, they left me a huge mess to clean up. And they didn't leave me anything. I was shattered. And in the moment, I just felt worthless. And I remember walking outside for a breath of fresh air before facing the big cleanup. And I remember standing outside and picturing my dad. In a few weeks' time, I would drive home for the holidays, and I would head to my dad's shop as a first stop, and I would walk in, and his eyes would light up when he saw me after three months away. And in that moment, just visualizing his joy over me made me feel whole again, because I was the apple of my father's eyes. My identity was very anchored in my earthly father's love, and that became a problem when he died a few years later, but over time, this has been shifting, and more and more, my identity is becoming anchored in my heavenly Father's love. Jesus modeled this so well. The Son of God put on human skin, and he came and lived on the earth, and he experienced real life with pressure and sadness and pain and loss. But his identity was anchored in the affirmation of his Father. At his baptism in Luke 3, the Father spoke audibly over him and said, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. I believe that was the soundtrack of his heart. Everything Jesus did flowed out of that identity. And we've been invited into that. In John 15, verse 9, Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. He was saying, the same way the Father loved me, that's how I love you. I mean, that is staggering. I've just dipped my toe into the ocean of that reality. And then he said to them, abide in my love. Be anchored in how I feel about you. When Jesus' disciples got back from their ministry trip in Luke 10, he had sent them out in twos, and they went and ministered, and they came back so excited, full of their success stories, and they were telling him stories, stories of healings and deliverances. And Jesus celebrated with them. 
But then he said to them in verse 20 of Luke 10, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He was saying to them, don't let your identity be anchored in your successes. Be anchored in the fact that you are part of my forever family. I'm a wife, a mother, I work from home, I have a role in the church, but none of these things define me. There are days when I feel that I've achieved nothing, but I'm not a product of my successes or my failures. I'm not what I have, I'm not what I do. I am the apple of my father's eyes. And in this season, I'm realigning with that all over again. He is enough for me. It's not business as usual right now. We can't meet as we usually do, and we miss that. But this won't last forever. Let's not miss the opportunity that we have right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting us into a unique season of the secret place right now. And I don't want to squander that because I'm so busy doing other things. This is where our identity becomes anchored. It's in the one-on-one -on -one with God. I'm going to close with a very familiar verse from Psalm 23. And incidentally, also the verse that Paul started with, Psalm 23, verse 5. <clears throat> David said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. There is a table that he prepares for us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of this virus. In trying circumstances and times of pressure, there's an invitation from heaven to take our eyes off the pressure and focus on the table. And he is the feast. As we feast on him and his love for us, as we spend time in his presence, reading his word, being with him, just getting to know him all over again, he pours fresh oil over us, fresh joy, fresh peace, fresh perspective on how to pray, fresh wisdom, and it overflows. Everything I have to offer a hurting world comes out of this place. We continue to pray to the Lord to end this pandemic, but we can have complete peace before it ends. Circumstances haven't changed. I've been calming and quieting my soul. Rest is a choice. It's a choice to climb into my father's arms. I've been stretched, but I'm growing. I'm being weaned off of things. I'm realigning my heart with my father's eyes. Lately, I find myself whispering back, you're enough for me, Lord. You're enough. He is. He is enough. He is everything. Thank you.